What's up, everybody? Welcome back once again to Road to Revolution, my journey with Linkin Park. Uh, if, if this is your first time listening, uh, my name is Billy, and I will be talking about um, all of the Linkin Park shows I have ever been to. Each week, I will do one show. Uh, i try to keep them small, short, easy to consume. Uh, so episode three, we'll just talk about one show. And this is the third Linkin Park show I've ever been to. Uh, let's jump right into it. You know, no need to beat around the bush on this one. <clears throat> third show ever to see Linkin Park. Uh, this was a really, really cool one. This was August 9th, 2001 at Jones Beach Amphitheater in Wontod, New York. Uh, it was the second time I'd ever been to Jones Beach. I was there a month or so before to see Blink-182, which was amazing, but that's a whole different thing. Um, for this show, this was one of the coolest things I can imagine at the time because Lincoln Park that summer was on OzFest. Now, in between OzFest dates, Lincoln Park and a few other bands from the tour decided to link up and do what they would call either off fest or big day off, depending on where you were. Some places called it big day off fest. Uh, you know, whatever it was, it was the same show at every place. It was basically the seven, six or it was six, the six headliners from the main stage of Ozfest minus Black Sabbath. So it was Marilyn Manson, Slipknot, uh, Papa Roach, Disturbed, Lincoln Park, and Mudvayne. And this is what I would consider at the time to be the first mega show that I'd ever been to. And that was super, super duper exciting because since it wasn't OzFest, they would all have a little bit more time to play. And, you know, they're not bound by, you know, just being a part of a 20 something band show with multiple stages. It was almost like a regular show. Six bands is still a lot, but it was like a regular show which is really cool. Uh, and Jones Beach was an amazing venue. Um, I haven't been there in years since I moved uh, away from New York, but some of the best shows I've ever been to have been at that venue and quite a number of Lincoln Park shows. So you'll hear a number of shows uh, that took place at uh, Jones Beach over the course of this podcast. But um, for this show, it's actually a really cool story around it. So um, as always, we're going to start before the show, uh, the lead up to and the story uh, about the journey there. So this was in the middle of the summer, um, late summer, it was in August, and I was going to my sophomore year of high school. And with that, uh, I volunteered at my school to be like the uh, sophomore, you know, welcoming group for the freshman summer camp. You know, they, um, they'd have maybe like 20 or 30 freshmen, incoming freshmen, you know, go to the school for a week and get to know some of the teachers, get to know uh, some of the sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And um, there were like different exercises. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you would play games and and different, you know, getting to know people exercises. So when you got there, you weren't, you know, walking in and be like, oh man, this is high school. I don't know anybody. So it was nice. You know, you can meet people before and I, I met a couple of people when I did this the year prior. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And the, the last day, or it might have been the last day, was the day of this show. So my uncle, a few days before, said, hey, I got the tickets. We're all set for this show. Uh, you, I, I, I think he worked not far from where I went to high school. So afterwards, I just went and met him at uh, his office. But before I got there, my uncle had said, make sure you get a camera. You know, you're going to want to take pictures tonight. 
and I thought, yeah, yeah, you know, be a fun show. If I want to take pictures, like, no, no, you're gonna want to bring a camera. I said, okay. Didn't think anything about it. Didn't pay any mind. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go get a camera. So, and this was 2001, so no camera phones. I didn't have like a, a you know permanent camera that I would take with me places. So I went to Rite Aid or CVS or Dwayne Reed, one of the chain convenience drugstores up there. And I went in, I just, you know, stupid 14-year-old me, just like, yeah, let me get a camera. Grab a Kodak disposable camera, pay for it on my way. Go meet up with my uncle. Uh, we head out to Jones Beach. And uh, the night just got way more exciting. You know, we get there and I'm still in that new kind of honeymoon phase with concerts where all of them are super exciting. And not to say I'm not excited about concerts now, but I've been going to concerts for 18 years. Actually, it'll be 18 years in a couple of weeks. Um, so it's, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's lost its its luster, but, you know, I've been probably over 200, maybe 300 shows at this point in my life. So it's, it's, it's not as new and exciting, but there's certain shows I'll go to now where I'm still just as excited. Uh, but before it was every show. Every show I went to, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be incredible. I am so excited. Uh, tonight's just going to be amazing. And this one was no different. So we get there, get to our seats. We have pretty decent seats. Um, I was pretty happy about that. Also, somebody had pointed out I'm saying um a lot, and I'm trying to keep them in check, but I'm doing a terrible job. So uh, I'm working on it, but it's probably going to be an uphill battle. But we're at the show. I believe Mudvayne went on first. And if you don't know Mudvayne, Mudvayne is – they're kind of like the – bastard little kid brother of Slipknot, but with crazier, more kind of tight um, instrumentals. Um, their bassist is incredible. Uh, Ryan is their, uh, I forget his last name, but he's just one of the best bassists uh, in in metal. And uh, Greg, their guitarist, you know, he's, he's doing stuff. He's the only guitarist in the band and he's doing stuff. You're like, man, there's gotta be more than one guitar there, but it's not, it's just him. And, um, the drummer, uh, whose name escapes me. I'm usually a steel trap with a lot of this stuff, but, uh, the, the drummer from Mudvayne, I forget his name, but he God, he's got some fast ass feet. <laughs> um, but they were amazing. Um, you know, very fast vocals, kind of a, uh, People would maybe call him rap metal, but that's just because uh, the vocals were very, very fast, and you know they were they were screaming and they were brutal, but it wasn't exactly rapping. But they're amazing. So they opened the show, and I was already kind of jazzed. And I'd seen them once before. I'd saw I'd seen them about ten months before, nine months before. Uh, and then next up was I want to say Disturbed was up next. And Disturbed was great. Uh, I remember they covered Walk by Pantera, which I was like, man, this is awesome. I feel like Pantera is one of those songs that if you played guitar at any point in your life and you liked metal, Walk was just one of those songs you learned out of not necessity, but just strumming around. If you're ever playing in drop D tuning, you're like, oh, I yeah, no, that's what that sounds like. Yeah, okay, now I know how to play Walk. And it's a fun song to play. So they covered it and Chester from Lincoln Park came out and sang the song with him. So I was already jazzed off of that. I'm like, all right, Lincoln Park hasn't even played yet. Chester's already out here. This, this show is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. 
Uh, and next up was Lincoln Park. So Lincoln Park plays next. Um, and like I said, we had pretty decent seats. So awesome view, not right up front, but I'd say like the first section behind the front section. So, you know, could see everything. And I noticed there was a camera uh, like on a crane filming the show, which I later found out was filmed for an HBO show called Reverb. Uh, but apparently something had happened with the their tech side of things um, and the show never made it to air. So they taped another Linkin Park show in London a few months later. That one was the show they used for uh, HBO. But Linkin Park plays and I'm going nuts, you know. Uh, go over the set list. Um, it's not super different from the – show they played at Roseland, their headlining show, which is kind of great that, you know, they're on third in this show and their set list isn't very different from the headlining show, except they don't have end one in the set list. And they end up playing a snippet of Sweet Child of Mine, but that's second. They open with With You once again, which once again is just this amazingly great opener. Uh, you know, it gets the crowd going from from, you know, second one. So, you know, why change a good thing? You know, you're open with that place is going nuts. Uh, and then they're having some guitar issues. Um, or I think it was guitar issues right after that song. So to kind of kill time, no, it wasn't guitar issues because Brad used his guitar to kill the time. It might've been, uh, I, I forget what equipment issues they were having, but Brad was like, all right, well I know sweet child of mine. So he started playing and the crowd was into it and it was really cool. Uh, right after that, they play a place for my head, which at a show like this, this song kills because it's, it's a metal show. Uh, and place for my head is, is one of the most, I, I don't want to say heavy Lincoln park songs, but you know, it definitely gets the crowd pumped up. And if there was a pit, which there wasn't at Jones beach, but if there was, this would have made it go nuts. Uh, then they go into forgotten and run away, paper cut points of authority, by myself, and then once again, High Voltage, the one the song I mentioned last episode, the um, old Linkin Park song from before they uh, had their first album is from the Hybrid Theory EP, and this was a remix that Mike had done of the song, uh, which kind of made it a little, little more exciting. Um, then they play Crawling, and they close with One Step Closer once again. So the set list isn't super duper different, which is fine, uh, not a big deal at all, you know. Um, that's the only album they have. So I'm going to see them play these songs as much as I humanly can. So <clears throat> right after their set, uh, in between them and Papa Roach, who is up next, Mike jumps down, uh, off stage and he's off to the left side of the venue. And I'm like, Oh, I, he's just hanging out, signing people, you know, signing stuff for people saying hi and ran over. I took my camera with me and I was like, this is my chance. I don't have a picture with anyone in the band and I would love to have one. So I run over. Uh, I, I get Mike and I don't remember if he signed my ticket. I'll have to go check. But I, I definitely asked for a picture, which made my night. I was like, this is the coolest thing. And I even had um, red-ish. And I say ish because there's a reason. I had red-ish hair at the time. Um, and the reason it was red-ish is because I wasn't patient enough with the bleaching process. So I bleached it. And then it, I was like, oh, that looks great. That looks blonde enough for me to get red in there. So I, I it definitely was not in there long enough. So when the red went in, it ended up being more salmon and pink than red. Uh, but it was fine. Uh, you know, it was my own color. Uh, in hindsight, I regret nothing. 
And at the time, I probably regretted nothing too. I just thought it was cool. I had different color hair than normal. So I went, uh, I went over, met Mike, got my picture taken with him. was super duper excited. Went back to my seat, was freaking the hell out talking to my uncle. And he's, my uncle had been around the world. He, he'd been on tour with bands. Um, he was a merch guy for his friend's band that toured the world, uh, Biohazard. Um, they had played with tons of big metal bands in the early 90s through the 2000s. So they he went all around the world with them. And so he'd seen a lot of shows. He's seen a lot of stuff. So he was like, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. You know, he's just totally appeasing, you know, geeky little me losing my mind over meeting one of the dudes from Lincoln Park. Now, it's then he springs on me that, hey, um, my friend, Danny, who's the drummer for Biohazard, uh, knows the dudes in Slipknot. And he got us backstage passes. So, you know, stick this on your shirt and we're going backstage. Which at that point, if you tell a 14-year-old that he's going to go backstage where his favorite band at that moment of all time, uh, and that still holds true, but at that moment, your favorite band, the end-all be-all for him, he's going to go backstage where they are and maybe meet more of them and hang out with them. That's just insane. I'm, you know... Even if that happened now, I'd lose my mind. So at 14, I don't know how I contained myself. So I end up going backstage and we watch Papa Roach uh, for a bit from the side of the stage. And it's, I'm already, this is cool. Like, I didn't know you could watch this from the side of the stage or backstage. So I'm already in awe of this experience. I haven't even met anybody else. We're not, the only thing we're doing is watching this band. And I loved Papa Roach uh, at the time. So seeing them like that, I was, this is incredible. <laughs> And then uh, once they were done, Mike was like, all right, we're going to go back and uh, see if we can meet some of uh, some of the guys. We're going to meet with Danny. So we go back there, and Danny's trying to find people to introduce us to. And, you know, Slipknot's about to go on, so things are a little crazy back there. Uh, I'd never find anyone else from Lincoln Park back there. Uh, my uncle's friend, who was kind of like our person showing us where everything was, he didn't know the dudes in Lincoln Park, so he didn't know – where to look, or if he did, he wasn't going to be like, hey, you guys don't know me, but here's my friend's nephew. So uh, there were no more Lincoln Park meeting at that show, which was a little bummer to me. But, you know, I, be patient, young Billy. There's there's a lot in your future. But uh, we watched Slipknot from the side of the stage for a bit, and then we actually go back out in the crowd to, to see the full stage set up because their stage set up at that point was absolutely incredible. Um, and then once the show's over, we go backstage again, and that's when – all these crazy things starts happening. Um, my uncle's friend says, Hey, you know, um, I'm really good friends with Joey, their drummer. We go up and he's like, Hey Joey. And he introduces us. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm just a 14 year old kid. And I, I don't know if I looked scared or I don't know what I looked like, but, uh, they say, Hey, you know, go, go up next to Joey. We'll take your picture with him on his drum set. And Joey's still in, you know, his full slipknot costume. So his, his jumper, you know, the red, I, I might have been a different color at that point, but you know, the the jumpsuit with the barcode on the back and the slipknot and its number, and he was wearing his kabuki mask. And I was like, this is incredible. You know, I'm, I, this is a picture I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. Uh, we take the picture, and Joey was super nice, like, absolutely, you know, uh, incredible. You know, for a 14 year old, he didn't have to be nice to me. So, did to take the picture. I'm just dumbstruck the whole time. I, you know, walk back down to my uncle and his friend and we go walking around and my uncle's friend keeps finding more dudes from Slipknot. And some of them are out of mask at this point. And this is the first time I'd seen any of them without their masks. This was pre Stone Sour, pre anybody posting the pictures online. So nobody really knew what they looked like. So 
my uncle's friends like, Hey, this is Chris, you know, one of their drummers. And I didn't expect him to look the way he did. He just looked like a dude. There was nothing, you know, significant about him, but he introduces himself and he could tell, I guess I was a little off put by everything back there. Cause I was so young and I didn't, you know, expect what was going on. And he, he looks at me and he goes, Hey man, you know, don't be nervous. It's fine. Uh, you know, we just like playing music. We're just a bunch of pussies. And I just thought that was hilarious that he's like, you know, trying to calm down a 14 year old who might be too excited to be backstage. Uh, so then we keep going around and we meet like everybody, Corey and Mick and uh, Sid and Paul, you know, uh, who rest in peace. Uh, everybody, Jim, you know, the whole band we met. Uh, Sean the Clown was one of the nicest and funniest dudes I've ever met. Um but we get pictures with all those guys, some in masks, some no mask, you know. And like I said, the one with Joey on his kit, and I was like, "This is incredible! This is absolutely amazing." Uh, up until that point in my life, that was probably the best night of my life. Like that one just took the cake. I was amazed. So night ends. I don't actually remember if we stayed for Marilyn Manson because at that point I wasn't a fan, and my uncle wasn't either. So he figured, now hey, you know what? Let's let's get out of there. Or you know. We met all – we were hanging out with all the Slipknot dudes during Manson. So afterwards, we all just left. Get home, still riding the high. I'm looking at – like I have a, a backstage pass that says Slipknot. And you know, uh, I'm just like, how did I get this? How is this a thing that's happening? I was just a kid who liked all this music, you know, let alone just got backstage at a show featuring you know three or four of his favorite bands at the time. So – I eventually fall asleep. I don't know how because I'm so jacked up from the show. A few uh, a few days later, I like I got to get this camera developed. I need to see all these pictures. So, and I think I still had a couple of pictures left on the roll. So I did what anybody did with an extra few snaps on their disposable camera. I'm taking pictures of any random thing I could find. I'm like, hey, my bedroom wall is interesting. I take a picture of that. Hey, you know, there's my sister. Took a picture of my sister. Hey, you know, mom and uh, stepdad, get together. Let's take a picture. Take a picture. Take a picture of the car. Take a picture of our front door. Anything to fill the role. Take it up to Dwayne Reed and get it developed. You know, back in the days of one-hour photo, uh, they say, yeah, come back in an hour. We'll have everything ready for you. Um, I said, all right, great. Cool. Go home. I'm just pacing. I'm like, is it an hour yet? Is it an hour yet? Is it an hour finally get back up there. It's been an hour. They have my stuff. They hand it to me. And I don't check it right there. I just pay for it, run home. I'm like, oh my God, I have all the pictures. And I get home and I'm like, mom, let's look at them. You know, I open the package and there's a couple of pictures of Lincoln Park playing. There's a couple of pictures of, of Slipknot playing and some of, you know, some of from each of the bands playing. And then that was it. There was no, there was no backstage pictures. There's no, no picture of me and Mike. And I was f- just devastated. I was like, how, but how are there's some pictures, but not all of them? Like the Slipknot pictures happened after, like the Slipknot, uh, them in concert, them actually playing. I have pictures of them. Those, those came out, no problem. That was after I met Mike. How did, the, how did those come out with the Mike one didn't? I don't understand. So I'm, I'm trying to detective the crap out of the whole thing, and I end up looking at the, um, the negatives, you know, from the the film roll, and I realize that I can kind of see what I think is the Mike, the Mike Shinoda and me photo. 
So I run back to Dwayne Reed. I say, hey, um, I don't think all my pictures came out. And they said, oh, some of them were way too dark and they just weren't printing. I was like, I can see one on the negative. Can you just try to print this one? I'll pay for it again. They said, no, you already paid for your roll. We'll try to print that one for you. So, okay, great. They said, we're only printing one. It shouldn't take too long. Just hang out. And once we're done, you know, we'll, we'll PA over the store. So I'm just pacing the store. And finally, uh, they say, you know, um, one hour photo, um, you know, Billy to one hour photo. So I go up there and uh, they say, yeah, all right, that one did print. And it's, it's a little dark, but I, it was it was my picture of me and Mike. And I was like, all right, I have one of them. But the rest were gone. Uh, all the ones with Slipknot, all the ones with, you know, with Joey on his drum set and with all the dudes with their mask, without their mask, all of those were gone. And I realized after from talking to my uncle, because he's like, how the pictures come out? And I said, I, you know, only some of them came out. And he's like, did you have the flash on? And I sit there and I think I, there wasn't a flash on that camera. Because as I mentioned earlier, stupid 14-year-old me bought a random Kodak disposable camera that didn't have a flash. So because of that, one of the coolest moments of my life was only half documented. Uh, and I, I, I'm still kind of crushed by it. I'm still a little devastated by it. But, you know, the memories are still there. Obviously, I'm telling the, the story now, so I still remember it pretty well. Uh, and I had the Mike Shinoda one. Now, fortunately, I don't know where that picture ended up. Um, you know, it's been almost 17 years since that show. And I just don't know. I, it might have been in a box. Uh, I moved away from New York a couple of years ago, um, right before Hurricane Sandy. And I, a lot of my stuff that I left up there got, you know, taken out by Sandy. So I, there was a chance it was with that stuff. But, you know. There are stories to come that more than make up for not having that picture. You know, I still have the memory, like I said, so I'm okay with that. Um, but that is it for that show itself. One thing I just found out post-show that I thought was really, really cool was in 2013, I think, they re-released Hybrid Theory digitally on iTunes. And for years, there was a Hybrid Theory kind of deluxe edition or a special edition that had the main album, which was 12 tracks. And then after that, there were two songs. Uh, one was the High Voltage remix that they'd been playing, but it was the studio version. It was the one that Mike had remixed himself. And the other was My December, which was a Christmas song that Linkin Park had made for the K-Rock holiday album, uh, the K-Rock station in LA, 106.7. They did like a holiday album every year. Um, and different Christmas and holiday themed songs by all the bands I would play at K Rock, and they made a song. It was really nice. It's 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 very mellow. Um, Phoenix actually plays cello in the song, which is really nice. Um, it's a beautiful song. Um, it's a little melancholy, but it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so in 2013, they reissued Hybrid Theory digitally, and the high voltage studio recording was gone. But it high voltage was replaced with the live version, which I only found out a few days ago. I've been listening to this for years. I only found out a day or two ago that that recording was from this show, which is awesome. So um, if you do listen to this and you're curious, it's on iTunes. It's not the Spotify version, just the iTunes version. It's the Hybrid Theory Deluxe. And 
the high voltage live is from this Jones beat show in August of 2001. So if you want to hear some of that show, you totally can, which is awesome. Um, but that is it for this show. Um, I thank you guys for listening. I thank you for putting up with my ums and my scatterbrainness over this episode. Uh, but I'm happy that you are listening. Uh, I thank you all. Whoever has been listening so far, you guys are amazing. Um, it, it's not a super high number, but the number of people that have listened so far is way more than I expected to listen to me talking by myself about my favorite band. So I thank you guys. It's been awesome. Um, but uh, I'm going to wrap this up. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I'll uh, see you guys next week with episode four. We'll be talking about Lincoln Park at Ozfest in 2001, which was just two days after the Jones Beach show we talked about tonight. Uh, so yeah, I'll see you guys next time. My name is Billy, and this has been my Road to Revolution. <laughs>